This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. Listeners, we're answering questions from the book of Genesis based off of our sermon series that we're currently doing. So Michael, here's our question for today. What did the earth look like when it was formless and void? They are referencing Genesis 1, 1, and 2. So in the beginning, it says, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So what does it mean, formless and void? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> so there, your there brain are, went into that formless and void I state know, right I was there. Like, hmm, my brain? Uh-huh. No, um, well, sometimes. So there's there's debate and there's not debate. Okay, okay. so words are words and words mean something. Words okay? do mean and something. And there's some basic fundamental meanings of these words. Now, um, so listeners, just kind of go with me for a moment. I'm going to bring you inside of my world, my uh, hopefully <laughs> non-formless and void world of of words and Old Testament usage and whatnot. Okay, so there's a word. There's how a word is used in the, we'll say in the Bible, okay? Um, It has what's called a semantic range, which is the range of use of a word. So for example, we'll do an easy one here. The word yom is the Hebrew word for day. day. It's Mm Y-O-M, yom, okay? So the the word yom can mean um, an extended period of time or it can mean a 24-hour day. Yes. And how do we know what the Bible intends? Well, context. Context is always the king. Right. So if I look at you, Tim, and I'll see you in a in a day, and you look at me and say, what do you mean by a day? And I say, after the morning, tomorrow morning, and one day I'll see you. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm defining the scope sure, of the word. Sure. So uh, a word may have a broad semantic range, but context tells you what it means. And when somebody writes to somebody else, it, it is assumed that they're writing in a vocabulary and a language and a context that their listener will understand. Sure. So here's what we know. When the listeners receive Genesis 1, and it says the following, and there was morning, and there was evening, or sorry, there was evening, and there was morning right. the first day. The context demands one specific, uh, we'll say, interpretation of the sure. word yom. It is a 24-hour day. And the only way you can make it mean something else is if you find another external evidence that would demand that. Right. So for the word yom, let's just play this out for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody would say it's poetry, so therefore it can be metaphorical or allegorical. Okay. Well, later the word, the Genesis account is retold in Exodus 20, not as poetry, but as history. Yeah. And it's and told ex- historically. Exodus, a, Moses clearly understood it as 24 hours. Absolutely. So not only does the immediate context of the word tell you what it means, but the Bible self-interprets itself to tell you, oh yes, the immediate context is still exactly what it meant. It's a 24-hour day. That's right. Now, that may not be convenient for science, but but my job is not to change the Word of God to fit science. My job is to understand the Word of God in its context That's and right. understand what it means in that context. Mm-hmm. So we have this this idea of, of a day. Now, let's. you're probably wondering, what about formless and void? Yeah. We'll get there. I know you're getting there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. words, I'm tracking with you. Words have I hope meaning. the listeners are. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Words have meaning, and when you say the word formless and void, um, those have a broad semantic range. Sure. Formless, functionally, like in its most literal sense, means 
without form. Without There's no form, yeah. discernible shape. So I can't look at it and say oval, triangle, rectangle, whatever, you know, right. sphere. Um, there's no uh, known shape to assign to it. Blob might be a better word. Void means empty. And so in the Old Testament, um, the word formless can, can mean without any functional recognizable form. Or it could speak of a wasteland. A there's, wasteland. There's nothing conducive to life there. Or, Meaning there is no mountains, there's no valleys, there's there, the desert. Yeah, there's nothing except flat. Yeah. It is without form. It's all flat. It's or, all, yeah. It, it has no shape. Yep. The Old Testament could use the words formless or void to speak of a wilderness area, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing of any, there's no landmarks to give us like designations. Right. And and uh, even when they are, it's just hard. It's just, it's not conducive to life. You know, you go to the Sahara Desert, it's formless and void, you know, like, you could say there's generally maybe a, a hill, but then it looks different the next day. You know That's what right. I mean? It's just, it's formless and void. So again, we have this, this word, this semantic range, right? So when you read Genesis um, and you let the Bible interpret itself, you just let the context, I mean, interpret itself, it, it, it presents itself like this. God created the world. And before he started fashioning it, he created um, this object to fashion. So God says matter exists. And, what, what emerges is something that is formless and void. And the Holy Spirit comes around and is hovering over this, kind of chomping at the bit to like make order out of this chaos, you know? And um, so when God made the world, he, it was a formless and void blob of matter and water covered mm -hmm. in water. Right. Uh, why did God do it that way? When God said matter exists, if that's the words he said, anything could have appeared and that's what he chose because he's God. That's right. So uh, that's that's what he does, right? And uh, that's that's what appears to, to be the meanings of the terms in that context right there. Um, some scholars really do not want there to be 24-hour days. They need the old earth theory yeah. to be true. So right. here's what they've done. Uh, they come in and they say, well, the word void and formless can speak of deserts and wasteland. So here's basically what they're saying. They're not literally saying that the world didn't have a void. No, what they're saying is that um, when God began to make creation, because the creation has existed way before uh, Genesis 1-2 uh, uh, on the first day of creation, right? It existed a long time before that. That's why the earth is old, whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe six to 12,000 years ago um, on the first day of creation, he didn't actually create the world. He formed the he world. Formed it, yeah. um, he was more taking like the earth was a, a blank wasteland. And um, and what God did is he made it hospitable for life. It's mm -hmm. like he took the Sahara Desert and then uh, created um, something that was so much more hospitable for humans to flourish and thrive. Um, typically, people who adhere to this believe it's called the gap theory. Yeah. And the gap theory says in Genesis 1-1, okay, God created everything. Gap. Genesis 1-2, and the earth was formless and void. Yes. That, that this is where he started mm -hmm. forming the world. In fact, I was listening to a sermon this week and uh, last week, sorry. And it sort of irritated me, I'll be honest. But um, the <laughs> gap, sermon was the like gap this, theory does irritate me. It does, yeah. But the sermon was advocating that um, the entire um, creation account. I mean, this isn't. Let me be clear: an evangelical, like respected, like okay, you're blowing whatever. my mind. I here. know. Here's what he said. Uh, and and in fact, in fact, um, this was uh, rearticulated, okay, by another major, major. Uh, evangelical theologians website ooh, and ooh. a dude who's on his website that you would know the guy not yeah. personally but you yeah, know him I know of him um, articulated this this perspective as defensible and true Here, wow. here's the perspective 
that when God, Genesis 1-1 has nothing to do with creating the cosmos. It was all about creating, quote, land, which the articulation is that there is a, 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 a meta theme in Genesis of land, which there mm. is. There's a big theme yeah, of, yeah, of right, land. Yeah. And that uh, the earth, which is a word that can be the earth, the globe, or just the word land, land yeah. can refer to sp- per- particular um, spaces on the globe. That this has actually nothing to do or to speak of uh, the literal world and everything else. It has to do with actually creating the promised land or the garden hmm. as this is the taking the formless and void land and creating a special space just for Adam and Eve. And that this isn't about the cosmos. And um, so basically their whole view of Genesis 1 is that it's not about how the whole cosmos were created, but it's about how God fashioned the promised land mm. just for the people of God. So their theory is that God fashions the promised land, puts Adam and Eve in it. It's unique from all of creation, you know, whatever. And that Adam and Eve fall and they're cast out of the promised land, if you will. And the whole story of Genesis is them getting back into the land. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, this theologian will will articulate that um, that Adam and Eve were literal, the Garden of Eden was literal, um, but that the words in Genesis 1, earth could mean land, um, all of these words have a broad enough semantic range wow. that if you minimize them to their smallest plausible use, so instead of earth, it's land, instead of water, it's rivers, you know, like mm. instead of stars... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so they literally go through and they kind of dismantle all of the vocabulary of Genesis 1 and show how all of these words and other contexts in the Old Testament are used to refer to smaller, more finite spaces. Uh, unfortunately, the context, the context of Genesis doesn't 1 doesn't allow for that at all. Yes, neither does the Bible's self understanding of Genesis 1, Jesus's, Moses's in the Torah, yeah. um, the prophets, et cetera. I, I honestly, like, it felt like. It felt like there was such an urgency in this theologian uh, to get God off the hook mm. to preserve this idea of an old, old earth, earth yeah. that the the depths and the the extent that he was willing to go, he redefined so many terms that it ceased to mean anything. And um it was a really, it was really interesting. I read the whole I part of it was an article, and then I, I have his book and then was able whatever, but like a uh, I was just kind of going through it, and I was like, okay, maybe in his book he gives some more details that are more helpful. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, and it was just a concerning reality, and I don't even remember what the question was we're, we're answering right now. Formless and void. <laughs> Formless and void. Yeah. So, like, the idea here is that, yes, words have a semantic range. Right. But you got to be careful when you're interpreting to say, well, you know, somewhere else in the Old Testament it meant this, so it could mean that here— you have to look at that immediate context, and almost always the immediate context is going to explain what the word means. And so the idea here is that when God created matter, what emerged after his words was a, a formless, shapeless, lifeless, dark um, mass of matter covered by deep water. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, um, surrounded it and w- began to form it and shape it as the words of Christ yeah. gave him. Yeah. Permission. What you know? is interesting is I have a very old commentary predates 1850, and I love reading this because you get to see the genius that's before what we would call modern times. Yeah, before people needed to discredit the scriptures yeah. to justify modern and scientific theories. I loved how this commentator, the old guy who you know I won't refer to you know who it was, but he simply takes this position: formless and void is something that God used so that humans could understand 
It is formless and void so that you could put a context of it is void of life. It is void of the things that we naturally would assume that the earth would look like. It Mm. was formless and void of what we now have. So it's just strange that we modern people try to push an agenda on the Bible that the Bible doesn't need that for. Mm. Well, let's not do that. Yeah, why why do we try to do that? Yep. So I think all like all of our concern can really just go out the window and one when we can just say one thing. God could have created the world in any way he yeah. wanted to. And if this is how he decided to do it, it's not outside of like possibility. Not at all. Because if he can create matter, he can he can do whatever he wants. I just think the Christian needs to like stop being so desperate mm-hmm. for every scientific theory, every whim of science and every narrative told. Um, to be true when God can do whatever the heck he wants. That's right. Well, listeners, please come back next time when we answer another question based on Genesis. And the question is, could God have orchestrated the Big Bang? Mm-hmm.